Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, I'm Matt Harmon and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planter, satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Joining me today is Dalton Del Don. Dalton, you know what satisfied me today? What's that, Matt? I always like for you to make sure you know you asked, <laughs> uh, you, you asked me a question in response to my question. Uh, what satisfied me today was actually kind of, you know, I, I have like mixed feelings with the whole Monday night doubleheader situation. Okay. I'll put it like this. Like when it's two games going on at once, that's too much. Like, a couple of weeks ago, we had a Monday night doubleheader where, like, one game bled into the other. Oh, it was the Chiefs-Patriots that kind of bled into uh, the Falcons-Packers. Hate that. But I actually found at, like, 2 p.m., having a, you know, on the West, the best coast time, having a a game kickoff at 2 p.m. Pacific and then rolling right into regular Monday night football, I actually, that was pretty satisfying, I have to say. No, for sure. Yeah, it was great. A Monday afternoon. Uh, I even had my bye week for the Fearless Forecast videos. So, oh. yeah, I was enjoying some football. Unfortunately, I um, ranked Andy Dalton aggressively and even uh, made a tweet saying, how dare Andy Barron steal my bold prediction of he should be high. And he just flopped. And I made the Cowboys even my best bet of the week. So that went spectacularly wrong to end the week. And it otherwise actually had a pretty good football weekend. Niners did well. I had a really good fantasy week. But boy, I felt dumb watching that Monday night game. I I thought they'd be competent at least, but that was ugly. But I'm with you in general, and you're right. The, the non-overlapping helps too. Yeah, that's the key. The key is they can't they can't be two things going on at once because I like to focus in on just one game. Like time, that's what the primetime island games are all about to me. Man, uh, I, I feel kind of bad because I know on last week's show, I think I told you that you need to bring some more of your heater takes to Twitter. You go out there, you <laughs> fire off a tweet, and, and it does not work out. I got to tell you what, though, man. Dude, Matt, I literally told my wife. I, I literally told my wife. I'm like, it serves me right. See, exactly. This is why I don't tweet. Yeah. Exactly. I look like an idiot. and this serves, That's exactly why I don't in the first place. That's funny that, yes, I blame you, Harmon. Yes, yeah, well, that's fine. I'll take the blame on that one. I was with you last night, though. Like, uh, I needed Michael Gallup to score, like, three more points. Um, he obviously dropped the one touchdown, the but touchdown. then, like, the thing at the end that was killer was, you know, Cardinals number 27, whoever it was, uh, is just like, you know, pass interference after pass interference. As, right. as Dalton, right. as Andy Dalton is like clearly trying to get him those three points for me in the end zone. That sucked. That was tough to watch. But regardless, that game was a mess, man. I mean, oh my God, can you imagine being a Cowboys fan right now? What a complete train wreck. 
all the, the lost fumbles by Zeke. I still say Andy Dalton could have fantasy value. I know that was ugly, but 54 pass attempts are going to help having that carnival situation with those wide receivers. They can't run the ball with the offensive line also. So it's pretty wild. The Cowboys, I believe, are on pace to allow the most points ever since the merger and are in first place. So it uh, doesn't seem super fair there. But man, the NFC East is, is wildly bad. Look at the point differentials in that division. It's crazy. It's such a mess. Um, I'm with you, though. Like, I think Liz was the one who pointed out to me on Sunday that, like, we're all getting this excited about Andy Dalton and like his first start for a new team, like America's most popular team is on a primetime game when we're all like prime to Andy Dalton primetime, never been good. That's Can't bad. imagine That's this situation going to make it better. I felt like a little bit of like an uneasy feeling in my stomach at the end of Sunday when she pointed that out. And then that held up going into Monday. Um, and I agree with you. Things are going to get better for Andy Dalton and for the passing game. Cause they can't like anybody that's sitting here saying like, they just got to establish the run, establish the run. got to go through Zeke. You can just tell like, they're not, you can't, you can't take those people seriously because they don't have the defense to establish the run. And frankly, like talk about a take. I won't, I won't tweet. Cause you know, I don't want him to inevitably have, you know, 200 total yards and three touchdowns at a prime timing game and have a bunch of goofballs like come back for my mentions a month later. But Zeke looks like besides the fumbling just kind of looks like a jag right now at this point, like a, a good running back. Sure. But not like the best running back in the world that you can just funnel everything through. through. So, yeah, complete uh, mess for the Cowboys. Yeah, all those targets help, but I know we're going to talk more about him lately. But yeah, Zeke couldn't hold Ronald Jones's jock right now uh, as far as running backs in the league right now. Not even close. Not even the same same discussion as Ronald Jones as like, far as see, current running backs in the NFL. Dalton, tweet that. Put that out there for the people. Well, I love it. That is that is gorgeous stuff. On that yeah. note. Then I'll me... do that, and then Fournette will get all the carries after one Ronald Jones mistake <laughs> the next week is what will happen. But yeah, that right now, Ronald Jones with the ball in his hands is is way better running back than Zeke Elliott, for sure. I love it. On that note, with that heater of a take, let's jump right into uh, the meat of the the show here. What we do on Tuesdays, we talk about the trends that you'd love to see here to start out with. And I mean, I don't know that I totally love this this first bit of news. And I, this is obviously not a trend, but um, I love it for Tua, right? Uh, the Dolphins are reportedly going to name Tua Tungavailoa their rookie top five draft pick their starter going forward coming out of their bye. they're going into a bye next week so we're not going to see two of this week but we will see him when he comes out of the bye as the team's starter uh i don't know that i so here yeah like i said love this for tua no doubt um kind of just a it's a it's a it's a tough spot for ryan fitzpatrick right a player that i i really like is playing really well like you can, there's no way that Ryan Fitzpatrick earned this benching, right? Like nothing in his play got him benched. The team is just clearly very forward thinking, right? They're looking down the line. Like they, they see this as a time to install Tua. He just got his first couple of game reps last week against uh, the joke New York Jets. So this is clearly their logic, right? Like let's get this guy in here. He's the future of our team. And Fitzpatrick is the type of guy as much as obviously he loves playing football, like he was out there like hyping up the crowd as Tua's was going in there. He's about as good as it gets in terms of a mentor. Um, what do you think this does to the offense from just a strictly fantasy point of view? It's it's a definitely a surprising decision. One that makes you think they had it all planned all along with the yes. bye, because not only is Miami just in a playoff discussion, 
Uh, their point differentials, like tied for nearly third best in the conference with the Chiefs. I mean, plus 47. They uh, they look good. And Fitzpatrick is playing like a borderline top 10 QB, even like the advanced CPAE stats would suggest that. But I mean, I hear you. It's forward thinking. Tua is the future. Pretty cool him soaking it in and sitting at midfield after getting his first action. Uh, it's really surprising to me. I personally would have just kept Fitzpatrick and, and, and rolled this way. Um Tua is a question mark now for Devontae Parker owners. Yes. Um, Gesicki has been a big disappointment either way. But yeah, Parker, if I if I have a Parker manager, I'm I'm upset that, uh, that, that Tua is now replacing Fitz, no doubt. Yeah, I think I agree with you, right? Like, this was my analysis coming into the year, was that these two big, tall, not separation-based wide receivers on the outside, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, like, they would be great. And Preston Williams, after a slow start, has sort of kind of to heat it up from a touchdown perspective, at least. Parker's been mm-hmm. pretty solid throughout. Uh, those guys are perfect fits for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And let's just be honest, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether he makes your team better whatever he makes your offense better from a fantasy perspective there's pretty much no question about that like when he's on fire your offense is on fire your pass catches are producing in fantasy like no doubt about it he he's a he's great for fantasy football i think uh, rich rebar came on the podcast and called it the uh fitzpatrick warhorse and like that is basically what it is man he puts he puts it out there from a fantasy perspective um i don't know that two is going to be that type of quarterback i think two is more of yeah, an anticipatory yeah. accurate over the middle guy that could be good news for a player like Mike Gusecki, who's been playing a ton of slot uh, in this offense right now. I know some of the other tight ends have popped up just randomly scoring touchdowns like Shaheen and Durham Smythe, all, all of that. I do just think it's worth wondering what sort of effect two is going to have on those two perimeter wide receivers. I'm with you on that. Um, it is interesting too. Like not only you mentioned it, like their point differential is great. They're in a playoff hunt. Like, they're not far behind Buffalo now that the Buffalo's dropped two games in the AFC East. Like Miami's ahead of the Patriots in the AFC East. They're three and three. They're like right behind Buffalo. They could very conceivably, if the Bills continue to hit some snags, like I don't, I mean, the Bills playing on Sunday, just totally different entity than the Bills playing on these random COVID adjusted games. Um, the Dolphins could still conceivably win their division. They obviously see two as a guy that can help them do that. Yeah, the Dolphins uh, have the number five pass defense in DVOA. Really crazy there. And that was with Byron Jones missing a couple of games. Fitzpatrick, you bring up just a great point about style. Uh, maybe he hasn't been quite the gunslinger as past, but his real-life faults, uh, like Winston, actually are advantages for fantasy terms. Yes. And uh, it's definitely going to hurt p- probably players like Parker and maybe even Miles Gaskin, who is getting the targets and, and all the volume there. You wouldn't want any change if you had Miles Gaskin now. But you bring up a great point about Gasecki. Now, he has not been – it's not been going well for him, and a change could could benefit him for sure. But that's an, an interesting piece of news that I didn't really see coming at all because, you know, Miami, man, they're, they're dangerous. They, they went into New England at the end of last year in a in a playoff type atmosphere and one and uh they got an interesting thing going yeah exactly like it, it was one of the most surprising things i think i did not expect that at all when i got the news alert um all right let's jump off into uh reading reading way too much into snap counts because that's what we love to do here reacting on a tuesday morning um the chiefs surprise like i said surprising output all around uh they really i guess looked at a week and and i think this was smart by andy reed they 
pretty much looked at the Buffalo Bills and the thing that the Bills have struggled with the most, their pass defense has been up and down, whatever, but they've really struggled as a rush defense. Like they've been bottom five in terms of success rate allowed pretty much throughout the entire year. Uh, And they really, I think also just like from a narrative perspective, they wanted to give Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like let's get this guy a big game because they just signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh, He's now second in the NFL in rushing yards. So uh, Edwards Hilaire, big game last night. But the wide receivers overall pretty disappointing, especially um, uh, a very popular McCole Hardman. Here's the snap counts from the game last night for the Kansas City Chiefs. Demarcus Robinson led the wide receivers with 69. Tyreek Hill was 68. McCole Hardman was 29. Byron Pringle not far behind at 27. And Marcus Kemp at number two. Uh, I'll say this, Dalton. About 75% of the way through FFL this past week, I realized that we had spent um, about 80% of that 75% talking about freaking LaVisca Chenault and uh, McCole Hardman. And that did not turn out to be good because <laughs> McCole Hardman obviously has, I think he has one target last night, bounces off his hands, almost got intercepted. This was supposed to be the moment with Sammy Watkins out, and it was anything but that. Yeah, Chenault disappearing is actually even crazier to me. Last week, I said that I thought the ECR, that the gap should be closer between Demarcus Robinson and Hardman. Their rankings are like 30 apart. But I did not see them, him, Robinson, playing 40 more snaps. That's wild. It, it, it's clear that it's going to take a Tyreek Hill injury for him to, uh, you know, to be a, a major fantasy impact. So I, I moved Robinson ahead of my rankings this week. It looks like, even based off Andy Reid's comments, it looks like he's that team's number three receiver that benefits the most. Or is it just a, a scheme thing? And they face the Bills. Uh, what do you think? I mean, to me, I'd be discouraged with that snap count target, you know, low, low count. I don't know how you can't be discouraged. And, you know, mm-hmm. there, <laughs> there always seems to be a guy in Andy Reid's offense that ha- it plays so much and no one understands why. Like, I think Anthony Fasano for a while there when he first yeah. – like, remember when Anthony Fasano used to play ahead of Travis Kelsey? That feels like a 1,000 years right. ago now at this yeah, point, but it was a thing that happened. Yeah. Like, Demarcus Robinson seems to be the new guy there, like, right? Like, he's just Andy – whatever for whatever reason, Andy Reid likes him. He's going to continue to play him. So, yeah, I don't know how you can't be discouraged because this was what we saw last year too, right? Like, Robinson playing ahead of Hardman even when there were – were injuries um Hardman I mean uh, Robinson doesn't necessarily produce much unless they play the Raiders doesn't really produce much uh Hmm. but there's just this appears to be the way that they're going to um deploy the touches there and also because they do obviously want to seem to be committed to their backfield they're bringing in another running back in Le'Veon Bell obviously um I I, <laughs> I I know I hear you. I worry that there there's just not going to be enough juice for us to get down to like the three four wide receiver spot. Anyways, when you've yeah. got Ceh commanding touches out of the backfield, you've got Le'Veon Bell commanding touches out of the backfield. Oh, and you also have two studs in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey there. Even Tyreek Hill's like volume has been a little shaky oh, yeah, here way and down. there too. Yeah, yeah, his, his target share is way down. I actually moved him like 11th or 12th in my rankings this week. Yeah, I mean, his target share is significantly down. I know the touchdowns have been there, and it's nice getting those cheap little flip uh, production like he and Debo are getting this year. Um, but the, it's also Andy Reid had the most rushing attempts ever. He's coached in the league like 22 years or something uh, in that game. So Hilaire is just, just getting, Hilaire is just getting crazy bad touchdown luck. Another one called back on a on a holding oh, yeah. that probably would have scored anyway i mean it just keeps happening week after week and now uh yeah obviously if bell comes in and takes over red zone work that would be very very frustrating uh Elair obvi- leaves the the field on, on third downs for daryl williams who 
he got a score too last week. So very bad luck, but the rookie passes the eye test and the, the lanes were there finally. I mean, we're, the lanes really hadn't been there either this season. So uh, that's interesting how they went so, so ground heavy. But there, were, there, were, there was some weather there in that game too. It was a little rainy and windy and the whole passing attack struggle. Where we stand on Josh Allen now, back-to-back subpar games after he looked like an MVP. Obviously the truth somewhere in between, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would say so, right? Like, I mean, the big thing was before that Rams game, right? He had played the Jets and the Dolphins. Everybody kept repeating that point. Oh, by the way, he plays the Jets again here uh, in week seven. So we should get back to firing all the cannons with Josh Allen. But I think it's just one of those things like it, it we're at that point, right? Like there's, there, we've seen bad Josh Allen though here on these, uh, these last couple of games. I do think because they are, games that have gotten thrown out of whack from a schedule perspective. I think that might have something to do with it, right? Like these are both two, uh, the 2 PM Monday night game last week. And then the Tuesday night game last week, I think that might just have something to do overall with the bills, not looking their best in both of those games. So I'm very interested to see how, what they do on Sunday. And I, I have pretty high expectations against uh, the jets. Uh, I was wondering if you and Ragu caught it. They dropped they dropped the fireball reference on the Monday night telecast. I don't know if you guys caught it, but they did. They did mention how he's from such a small town. They uh, did. So I was hoping you. Get, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I heard that. Like okay. right, they mentioned that he comes from a farming community. So no yeah, kidding, yeah, he's a yeah, blue yeah. collar guy. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I did. I did remember hearing that and thought. Okay. Of, and I thought just want to be, make sure. And can I say one of the guys I got the I was the most wrong on in fantasy football uh, this year was Stephon Diggs. Just uh, worried about changing systems and, and the inaccuracy and all that. Man, week in, week out, the target share. And, of course, John Brown is dealing with a, an injury, right? So, I know. man, he looks like a borderline top five fantasy wideout. He's a guy I faded just across the board. Yeah, Diggs is fifth in the NFL in target share among receivers, trailing only DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Jeez. Allen Robinson. A lot of guys in there that were supposed to have target share concerns, to be honest. Uh, when you look yep. at Hopkins, Keenan Allen, then Diggs. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, I think Diggs, yeah, no question. The rest of the way uh, is like a top six, seven uh, fantasy receiver at the very worst. Uh, I, I, I appreciate your um, appreciate your admitting that you're wrong on that. We, we love a little transparency here. Here's a little transparency. Um, Sean McVay has consistently said that his running back uh, room is going to be a committee. So far, that's held up. Uh, on Sunday night against your 49ers, the Rams, in a losing effort, gave a snap to Cam Akers, their highly touted rookie running back. People love Cam Akers. Uh, even McVay, heading into last week, said, you know, this was a time that maybe they could fire him up. Um, didn't happen. Daryl Henderson leads the way again with 32 snaps. Malcolm Brown plays 28 snaps. I'll say this, man. Daryl Henderson continues to look like, to me, one of the best backs in the NFL. Consistently breaks first contact. Consistently hits the hole right. Whenever whenever Daryl Henderson is on the field, I think the Rams' offense is at their best. So, like, rational coaching would tell you, you probably want to, like, you know, they should probably keep playing Daryl Henderson. They're not going to take Malcolm Brown out of the mix, right? Because he's just like coach's catnip. You know, the, these guys are like crack. To coaches because he's where he's supposed to be. He's good in pass. He's good in pass protection. You know the whole deal. He's not exciting at all to watch, but coaches love these guys. Uh, so what do we do with this Rams backfield going forward? Is it going to stay this way? Does Cam Akers have any any fantasy value at all at this point? Super annoying after McVay, you know, going out of your way, saying I'm going to get Akers more involved and then playing him one snap. Is this trolling fantasy <laughs> managers? Um, I'm, I'm sure that I will look. 
uh, dumb saying this, but I'm, I'm treating Daryl Henderson as a top 15 back right now because of a couple reasons. One, there are so few uh, good fantasy running backs these days. And uh, two, the Rams, I mean, PFF graded, uh, has graded Henderson as the number one fantasy, uh, yeah. running back in real life this year. Actually, uh, it's Mostert if you lower the minimum rushing attempts. May he rest in peace. Um, guy can't stay healthy, man. Oh. Um, but uh, <laughs> And also, the rushing DVOA offense, the Rams had them ranked number one entering last year. It's a really good scheme. They're really, really run heavy, trying to hide Goff. And I get it. Who knows? Henderson could lose goal line carries to Malcolm Brown. And then suddenly, Akers could, be, could become involved. But... He looks like a really good running back in real life and in a terrific system. So to me, the upside is there that you're just automatically playing him if you have him on your team. I agree with you. Like, yes, the rug could get ripped out. And it, it, it yes. like yeah. we should expect it to at some point because it's happened before, right? Like everything we just said going into what it was it the, the, the Giants game. Uh, we were yes. all saying that and the rug got ripped out of us really for no reason other than, like I said, we cannot ex- like don't even waste your breath. Don't even waste the tweets on saying like they need to stop playing Malcolm Brown. They're not going to stop playing Malcolm Brown. They love Malcolm Brown. That is clear. Uh, the again, those type of guys are coaching catnip. They cannot help it when it comes to playing those type of running backs. So that's just gonna. It is what it is. Um, however, I think we could pretty much like I think for certain. At this point, because they're so much better with Henderson on the field, I think there's almost like, unless an injury happens, there's no shot that Akers is just going to suddenly usurp Henderson. Could Akers make this a three-way split? I think that's very possible. But at this point, unless Henderson really screws it up or he gets hurt, I don't think that Akers is going to be like the 1A of the 1-2-3 one, one, punch. If that makes and sense. even with all the injuries, the Niners have been like right behind the Steelers as far as shutting down running backs. So forgive him for not going off the last game. And the Bears have a, another not great schedule upcoming matchup. But Monday night is five and a half point favorites. I could see them, the, the game script going well for the Rams, actually quite well that game. So they could have a, a lot of carries for Daryl Henderson this week. Yeah. And in this offense, too, you mentioned they're like trying to hide Jared Goff. I thought this was interesting. Uh, I was digging into some yards after catch numbers for receivers this morning. Among guys that have 30-plus targets at the wide receiver position, only two players average seven-plus yards after the catch per reception this year. They're both Rams. They're Cooper Cup and they're Robert Woods. Like This is the most fake news production offense I've ever seen because they get so much off the run game, and then they give Goff just layup after layup after layup. Uh, when it comes to the passing game. Uh, but at the same time, like none of these guys, like Higby, forget about it. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, Robert Woods and, and, and Cooper Cup are kind of hit or miss, or, and they have pretty low ceilings overall from a fantasy angle. So like it's just a strange offense. This, like Overall, they're productive. They're, they're a very efficient offense, like DVOA, success rate, whatever. They're, they're playing pretty well, but they're just they're such a strange unit this year. Then on the other side of the coin, you got that downfield chemistry with Jimmy G and Debo, man. You love to see that rapport they're developing. No, seriously, as we're talking about stats. We have to mention Debo Samuel finished with minus 30 air yards. I mean, that is just absolutely insane, those glorified handoffs. So, yes, the 49ers scheme is very, very similar there. And they, I mean, that's why they have all the Brandon Ayak they drafted, too. I mean, that's the same thing there with Kittle. 
I thought you would appreciate this. Jimmy Garoppolo last week, he had the highest expected completion percentage of any quarterback from, in, according to next gen stats at 77.5%. He still underperformed <laughs> that by like seven points. <laughs> like You're given layup after layup and it's still not great. I also thought this was, I mean, it's just so funny. Like looking at the way Kyle Shanahan calls offense now at this point, like we did our, uh, the worst narratives in fantasy football episode for the survival kit video that i do every week um someone sent in the old narrative of remember when kyle it was a big thing oh kyle shanahan loves to use his x receivers like his number one guy funnel targets it's like yeah he had freaking julio jones and andre johnson yeah Yeah, and now he has uh now he has just a bunch of running backs playing wide receivers so like forget about that that was a dumb narrative all right first it's it's wild what they're doing though yeah i mean that is just crazy minus 30 air yards it's like more than twice than any other receiver has had in a game in like five years or something It's, it's, it's pretty crazy Training wheels offense there in the NFC West. All right, let's move uh, to another backfield that uh, we love to see this. This is a trend we love to see. Lions running back snap count. DeAndre Swift, 38% of the team snap. Adrian Peterson, 35%. on Johnson, who cares? 11 snaps. It doesn't matter. He's not a thing. Um, DeAndre Swift taking the lead role here. 18 touches last week. Two touchdowns, a 50-plus yard run. Uh, also got a goal line carry, which I think is pretty crucial Dalton, I'm hoping that the Detroit Lions like looked themselves in the mirror during the bye week and they said, do we really want to be a team in 2020 that runs their offense through ancient Adrian Peterson? They decided that they're not and now they're moving swift into this role because there's an alternate universe where this was the offense they were all along, right? Like if Swift never gets hurt in the offseason, I don't think they ever sign Adrian Peterson. Like they, this stuff that happened the first four weeks of the season, first five weeks, whatever, like none of that, none of that's a thing. Uh, so am I crazy for thinking this is an official sea change or am I ready to just get kicked in the teeth next week when Peterson uh, has 25 carries for 68 yards? A little bit of both here, because I would I would caution and say, unfortunately, it's going to be a committee. That's just what Detroit and Patricia does for the past few years. It's just what's going to happen again. And obviously, Peterson, the red zone guy. But having said that, you look at the running backs out there. I'm still ranking him top 24 as an RB2 with that upside. Um, another matchup with a lot of points against the Falcons this week should be scored. So, no, I think Peterson's going to be annoying but man, after how good Swift looked, hopefully there's going to be no more like goose egg, no more disappearances. And he was seeing targets. So especially in PPR, yeah, yeah he's going to be a thing from here moving forward for sure. That was impressive. Yeah, I, I've got DeAndre Swift at running back 19 right now, um, which it's like, it's like you said, the next names on the list, it's like Antonio Gibson, Horrible. Devin Singletary, yeah, yeah. Jarek McKinnon, yeah. Justin Jackson. Uh, what are the Broncos yeah. going to do? Like, oh, do I want to totally. put Devontae Freeman or bust? Uh, I almost said Boston Scott, which is like uh, maybe a, a little bit of a Freudian slip. Boston Scott put him. No, I mean, also, by the way, like totally Swift and the Lions get the Falcons this week. So, like, yeah, theoretically, this should be I mean, unless we get Alexander Madison, uh, then, yeah, this should be a great <laughs> spot uh, for DeAndre Swift for sure. Yeah, wild how the wide receivers, the rookie class, has been so much better than the running backs. I was all in on the running back. I mean, obviously, CH has been fine and Taylor's been fine. Maybe Swift will join the party, but otherwise, it's been Rough. the wide receiver for sure guys that have been more impressive than the running backs. Yeah, no question. Wanted to thank, once again, our sponsor for this episode, Planters. When you want to satisfy a salty craving, Planters has you covered. Their deluxe mixed nuts are roasted to perfection and seasoned with sea salt giving you the crunchy texture and enhanced flavor that you crave. 
Stay satisfied with Planter's Deluxe Mixed Nuts. All right, let's move on to the trends you hate to see. Now, uh, it depends on what side of the fence you stand on these first couple guys here, but I'll tell you what. The haters are furious on these next two players that we're going to discuss. First of all, David Montgomery. Uh, I actually don't have any feelings about David Montgomery. Like he is just a meh six, you know, six out of ten type of player to me. I don't, I don't care one way or another. I don't have a passionate David Montgomery take. But if you're a David Montgomery hater, you're not, um, you're not thrilled with the fact that he's getting great usage. But if you love David Montgomery, you sure would like to see the results be better. But let's just look straight usage. 17.6 touches per game without Tariq Cohen the last three weeks. That that number, by the way, has gone up every week. He is second in the NFL in broken tackles. He trails only the great Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers in that category. Uh, Montgomery, by the way, breaks a lot of those tackles behind the line of scrimmage because the Bears don't run block very well. They're not a very good offense. He has another great matchup this week against the L.A. Rams who have generally struggled to stop the run this year. Um, where are you with David Montgomery? I think, like I said, just a very meh player to me. But are you buying this great usage? Eventually, like the efficiency will swing his way at some point. I mean, you got to use him just because of the volume. But I'm moving DeAndre Swift ahead of him right now as we speak, just out of principle. I mean, yes, the the, <laughs> the PPR <laughs> definitely helps without without Tariq Cohen. But uh, man, what twenty? What nineteen carries, fifty yards against the Panthers? Uh, come on, I think they're going to be playing from behind against the Rams. The broken tackle metric does not work for David Montgomery. It's because he he's because he can't run. No long speed, man. I just don't think that metric works for him. I'm down on him. No thanks. Uh, trade him if you can, man. I, I just don't think he's gonna going to be a very good NFL running. I don't think he's going to be given an opportunity beyond the next uh, the rest of this season, really, to be a feature back again. Yeah, when you're looking at the guys uh, who have 70-plus carries this year, quite an interesting list, by the way. Frank Gore in the list. So that's just good. Frank Gore is in this list, just to let you know. Uh, if you're looking at the guys with 70-plus carries among running backs, uh, David Montgomery has the worst first, second down success rate. Um, when they run the ball with Dave Montgomery, they're not a very good team. <laughs> so that's basically what we're looking at right there. I don't think he's like I, – I think you can argue that some running backs are like a factor of their situation. That's why they're not producing well. Like James Robinson, for example, a guy that um, I know you and I both like. I know that I've ranked him very aggressively of late. I think his offense is holding him back. Right. Like he's not producing because the offense is not producing. I think David Montgomery not producing is a part of the reason there. He's a part of the Bears problem is a long way of what I'm trying to say. Totally agree. Yes. And like Jacksonville, kind of I base big time on their opponent that week for for Robinson. But man, Montgomery can't even come through against the Panthers. And again, the 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 PPR is helping you because of no treat Cohen. But uh, it's a disaster. I would I would try to trade him. There's a zero zero upside there. Yep, but talk about a player that does have a lot of upside, and the Rojo haters are so mad. They're furious out there. Ronald Jones right now, 472 yards on the ground. That is fifth in the NFL. 61.7% of his yards have come after contact. He is making the most of his cares. He ranks third in the NFL in next-gen stats, rushing yards over expectation. He trails only Raheem Mostert and Nick Chubb, guys who have missed time this year with injuries. He's run 84 pass routes. And the last three weeks without Leonard Fournette, 330 yards on the ground, 5.5 yards per carry, 11 catches, two touchdowns. Dalton, again, I know that the rug can be ripped out from under me at any point here. 
But what incentive do the Bucks have? Do, what incentive does Bruce Arians have to even get Leonard Fournette back involved when he comes back here? The Bucks are like a defense first team. Their defense is awesome. Uh, they're one of the few good units in the NFL. They have a running back who is complementing it well and absolutely cooking. Why would the Bucks turn away from Ronald Jones at this point after what he's done the last three weeks? Ronald Jones, the only running back to have three straight 100-yard rushing games this season. I know you remember the three drops before halftime, and he fumbles before and all that. He makes mental errors, but, man, with the ball in his hands, he looks fantastic. Looks like LeGarrette Blunt 2.0, the number 27 on the Bucks. there. Good call. I had him ranked sixth or seventh last uh, week. Um, and I'm going to again this week, uh, even with Fournette's return looming with the match with the Raiders, who actually have the most fantasy points to running backs, even more than the Panthers uh, this year. So, again, it could all go south. Uh, it's very definitely does not come without a low floor for sure, Ronald Jones. But, man, he looks good. And that the defense is arguably the best in football. And Tom Brady doesn't want to get hit. Um, and, and Mike Evans is not healthy. So I think the setup here is pretty good. He's seeing the targets. Yeah, he comes down off the field on third downs. But he still gets targeted despite that so um and he gets the goal line work so uh Fournette could ruin everything but I'm still in on Ronald Jones yeah right like it's interesting you make the uh LeGarrette Blunt analogy because number one this is a guy that was like compared to Jamal Charles when he was at USC like not too pretty dissimilar players there I know and and the good news for for Ronald Jones like I said 11 catches over the last week to 3.6 catches per game LeGarrette Blunt would have killed for, I mean, he did punch somebody in the face one time. He might have punched Just somebody. Just the aesthetic, same number on yeah, the Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Exact I know, I know exactly I hear you, what I know, you mean. I hear you. I know exactly right. what you mean when it comes to like the numbers okay. aesthetics because I've thought okay. the same thing. Yeah. Like Brady handed it off uh, on a on like a run-heavy team to number 27. Uh, I drafted LeGarrette Blunt everywhere he had that like crazy okay. touchdown okay. year. So I, I have fond yeah. memories of my guy LeGarrette okay. Blunt. But yeah, like it's a very, it is a very interesting situation. I Again, I think the Bucks have no incentive to go back to Leonard Fournette or really like get him in the mix. Like I I think Jones, once again, has to kind of lose the job for Fournette to really take it uh, at this point. And once again, you know, last week it was a late afternoon game, and this week it's a, a Monday night game. So that, you know, that's not ideal, knowing the Fournette status, if you're talking like DFS or whatever. But um, I guess you're going to play Ronald Jones either way regardless. But if you're talking about rankings or something, maybe Fournette does suddenly come in and get 8 to 12 touches. I certainly hope not. I don't know. Um, I've just faded Lenny, Uncle Lenny, no matter what team he ended up on this year. But, uh, man, it would be bad if he, if he unfortunately, if he cuts into the, the touches of Ronald Jones because he looks like a star right now now i totally agree and if you do have ronald jones you're really keeping your fingers crossed that uh fournette does not dig into this because the bucks next opponent the raiders then they get the giants the saints the panthers again the los angeles rams who i mentioned struggle against the run uh and then the kansas city chiefs in week 12 before their week 13 by feel like an idiot here talking about the schedule but again because we know the schedule could get at any point but that's where we stand right now with the bucks since we're talking about the bucks uh mike evans you mentioned him not healthy uh evans right now has seen a 9.9 percent target share in three games with Chris Godwin, who had 48 yards on five catches last week, and a 22% target share in three games uh, without uh, Chris Godwin. Where are we on the worried scale with Mike Evans right now? I expected him to, to smash in this matchup, but nothing nothing in that Packers-Bucks um, game went the way I expected it to. I'd say you got to be very concerned if you're expecting like top 15 wide receiver production moving forward because Godwin is back healthy, Gronk is a thing, 
and they they have an emerging running game and the best defense in football. I just don't think yeah. the setup is great for volume, especially with Brady wants to get the football out. He does not want to go deep downfield. Now, maybe Evans will end up with 12 touchdowns anyway. I mean, he's getting he's being treated as a goal line back basically, <laughs> but the yardage is not going to be there and uh, again, like Brady isn't going mean, to his ball's been fine his deep ball is but he doesn't like to. He doesn't want to absorb the hits. They've been getting rid of it quick, especially with Godwin back. I just think the setup around Evans, and that's before we even talk about maybe this ankle injury, something's going to last all year. I mean, he's yeah, maybe he's toughening out, toughening out something that's like a high ankle sprain that he wouldn't have been playing through if, you know, if like Godwin wasn't hurt too. So it's a situation that's very discouraging. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, it's like one of those things, if you faded Mike Evans because you thought Brady was washed, well, you were right for the wrong reasons uh brady doesn't look washed but this team is like like i said a defense running game team it's very different than what we expected it uh another confusing backfield i don't know there's too much like unexpected here like if you thought antonio gibson was sort of gonna um become you know the guy uh it hasn't happened yet washington football team backfield snaps last week jd mckissick 38 mckissick was like actually productive in uh ppr because uh, he got like six catches for 43 yards, something like that. Antonio Gibson only played 37% of the team snaps. Right now, he's playing really well. Uh, second in broken tackle rate behind Mike Davis. I mean, superstar running back uh, Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers, if you've never heard of him. Uh, and Peyton Barber only played seven snaps. Like, Gibson is doing what he needs, you know, to, to, to make the most of his touches. But it just doesn't look like that we're going to see him get that featured role at any point. Yeah, it does look like, a, uh, well, at least a split. Um, McKissick is getting more, or at least as many carries, higher snap share and running more routes. So it's a little discouraging, although there could be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, typically not with Washington games. Um, over-unders, not that high. But man, Dallas, their their defense is so, so bad. But yeah, it's discouraging. Uh, you just got to roll Gibson out there in the, what, where do you rank him in the 25-ish range or whatever each week, you know, a low-end RB2 flex version and Probably can't expect more at this point. I think McKissick's going to be a thing for the rest of the season. You know, I am going to move Antonio Gibson above uh, David Montgomery right now, though, because they're <laughs> playing Dallas. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, we can yeah. talk about all this discouraging usage, but Kenyon Drake, my guy Kenyon Drake got yeah, off the totally. schneid. Could you imagine, like, totally. if you were lo- if you were like, oh, man, I'm winning my fantasy match. I turned the game off. I, I don't even know what the, what the Kenyon Drake touchdown run looks like. I don't yeah, like very I the, easy. I, I have no, yeah. I have, I mean, I, I do see that this is, this is like insane. When you look at the, when you look at the running backs, like <laughs> my God, Kenyon Drake, the, the Dallas Cowboys, when you look at the running backs, like I mentioned that have like 70, um, 70 plus carries this year, Kenyon Drake has 27.6% of his yards come after contact this year. Like no, only one other person is even close to 30. Like everybody else is up there around 50, 60%. Like that, that run was so much of his yardage. And I, I did, I mean, did he even get touched? Like it's insane. Kenyon Drake, not breaking tackles, not making it happen, but everything happens against Dallas. So Antonio Gibson, uh, that could be the situation that he's in line for this week. All right, Dalton, no stat here, but uh, just want to say you hate to see this. Adam Gase says he has other things to get sorted out and giving up play calling is step 10. And they're on step two. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick. Have you ever seen a worse NFL team than the 2020 New York Jets? First of all, there should be a weekly segment. You and I, which players are we moving ahead of David Montgomery in our, in our rankings? <laughs> That's I, a like, good one. I like that. I like, and, I like that. And, uh, so the Jets are actually on pace for the worst point differential in NFL history. So no, there's an argument that, uh, 
that, uh, yeah, he's, uh, what a disaster. I mean, before that, all the players that excelled once they left his system, and now this, and then his comments, and then the the fighting with the defensive coordinator is just, uh, yeah, it's a disaster, man. I, I think it's the easiest uh, survivor uh, year right now, just fading them week in and week out. If 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 they don't fire Adam Gase in season, you know they're they're tanking. I mean, and I said this on the Sunday show, but I, I just want to say it again. We need to be asking questions about why, what about Joe Flacco? Like, what kind of trouble financially is Joe Flacco in? I know he's got kids to put through college, but what kind of trouble is Joe Flacco in that he is playing for this team? The $1.5 million, I mean, look, I'd love $1.5 million. Joe Flacco has made a ton of money in his career. Why is he playing for the 2020 Jets? Okay, if he retired... Two hours ago, three hours from now, I wouldn't blame him one bit. Like Joe Flacco, you've won a Super Bowl. You're like a hero in Baltimore, sort of. You're like a sort of hero in Baltimore. Okay, you don't you don't need to be doing this, dude. He took a 28 or something yard sack. Oh, it was unbelievable last week. Just a thing of art. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's art. Uh, it's crazy what's going on with the Jets. If you look at all the under the hood stuff, like the pre snap motion play it's, action for personnel, trying. it's just the most predictable. And there's no in game changing, and it's just uh, it's a coaching job. That's uh, yeah, they're ta- yes, they're tanking. It's it's like obvious right in front of us. Really, what's happening here? Despicable. Um, all right. Our next segment is our weekly spot here, Who Got Shelled, presented by our friends at Planters. Every Wednesday, Dalton and I are going to look back at a defense or defensive player who got absolutely shelled last week. Then we'll dive into the data and point out the defensive matchups you might want to take advantage of this Sunday. All right, Dalton, Who Got Shelled? I know we're on the same page uh, on this matchup that we're going to talk about this week and who got shelled last week. And it all runs together because Dalton, the Houston Texans defense got shelled. I mean, it was some sort of historic number. Like we've never seen what uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, like we've never, like what Ryan Tannehill did and Derrick Henry did. Like we've never seen a quarterback uh, running back combination do that. No matter what the Texans tried to do on defense, it didn't work. Um, the, 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 the Texans offense has exercised the Bill O'Brien demons. The defense clearly has not. Did you see how upset Deshaun Watson was when he lost the coin toss? Oh, yeah, he, knows he his knew. defense is not he any knew. good. Yeah, he's just, he knew Derrick he knew Henry was, was going to yeah. kick their ass. He knew, like, you yeah. could see it. He knew Derrick Henry is going to run right down their throats. I mean, he, he could, you could, you're right. You could see it. Yeah, and a game that they totaled nearly 80 points is just, yeah, the coin toss was absolutely huge. But, um, yeah, their defense has been a problem. But can we talk just real quick about Deshaun Watson getting 8.9 YPA this year and having Bill O'Brien half the games and no DeAndre Hopkins and zero help with a running game? I mean, the guy's a just – he played at an MVP level that I feel like is getting a little under the radar. Uh, he's – playing just fantastic and now they're actually playing using play action more with new coaching and I liked them going for two yes. by the way up seven as well Romeo Cornell so yeah it's a fun fantasy team right now with an awesome offense and a bad defense and oh you know who else also fits that bill the Packers right I like that matchup this week yes we love that matchup um I I do I love you giving credit to Deshaun Watson like every young quarterback that's thriving right now 
Um, and this is no shot to them, but like good coaches, good organizations make life easier on their young quarterback. Deshaun Watson is the only one that's like not being set up to succeed. Uh, but at the same time, making it happen with those two speed receivers on the outside, Randall Cobb, Darren Fells. Darren Fells, by the way, let's just talk, jump right into this, this matchup. Cause we both expect, uh, the Packers and the Texans to get shelled this week. Their defenses are going to get rocked in this matchup. Love it. Want to stack these guys up in fantasy. Want to run it back with players on the other side. Um, Darren Fells is a guy that, like, he's been awesome with Jordan Aikens out of the lineup. If Aikens sits again this week, I would play Darren Fells at tight end. Um, the Packers, we know that, like you said, they have a bad defense. Um, what do you think happened on offense with the Packers last week? And does it even matter going against this defense that in week five allowed 486 total yards to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not good. And then in week six, like we mentioned, allowed 412 total yards to the Tennessee Titans. So with you on Fells, Watson threw the third most TDs to tight ends last year without any stars there. Um, I think the, the Packers and, and Rodgers just ran into the best defense in the NFL in, in the Bucks last week. And Rodgers is fired up. Watson is fired up coming off a couple of tough losses. Both defenses are bottom six in DVOA. It's indoors. The over-under is 56 points. Elite offenses. Yeah, I'm excited. These defenses don't stand a chance. I totally agree. Um Man, it's, it's going to be an exciting one. By the way, one of the big things that Rodgers said, one of the reasons that they struggled last week was, you know, they were uh, it was good for them to get uh, get a kick in the ass so that they wouldn't uh, be feeling themselves too much. Got to say, uh, Aaron, you were doing a lot of that that feeling, by the way, my dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and dancing in that game, too, with that touchdown, the yeah, dance the celebration. Yep, yeah, you're yep. right. Yeah, he was. He yes, was having yes. a couple pumps. Uh, he was yep. also pumping himself up, like saying, you know, you guys – Yo, good year for me is a down year for a down year for me is great year for quarterbacks, all that stuff. Yeah, Rodgers was definitely feeling himself. So if there's anyone that was giving him too much hype uh, in the media, it was probably Aaron Rodgers. And hey, I'll tell you what, uh, Dalton, this like I said, this game is going to be one of the most popular when it comes to daily fantasy. Just right now, would you rather have Rodgers and stack him with, you know, like Adams or Robert Tanyan or something like that. Tanyan, by the way, did come back in that game. Despite being disappointment uh, from fantasy, I would I would still play Tanyan going forward. Would you rather do the Rodgers-Adams stack or would you try to get Deshaun with one of his guys and then run it back with maybe an Adams or an Aaron Jones on yeah. the other side? Yeah, I'm going Deshaun and Fuller, who is just such a man. If he's Stunt. healthy, so yeah. good. Even or Cooks, even cheaper, who quietly his target shares in the low twenties too. Um, and then running back with probably can't afford also uh, Devontae Adams, whom I love, and I'm just ranking him number one each week. But Bradley Roby's defended pretty well there as far on defense, and uh, I'm running back with Aaron Jones. This Houston defense gets nice. so so worn down in second halves of game. So I like Houston's passing attack with Watson and Fuller or Cooks or Fells. And then coming back with Aaron Jones, where I'm going here. You know, coming off the down game against the Bucks, Aaron Jones maybe slightly less ownership, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a big game. Man, this Houston De- Texans front seven just the second half of games have been ran on by uh, more than any team in football. Yeah, last week, um, just so th- like this is what DFS is, right? Like you can get when you get these game stacks, this is that's how you win. Just like referencing our guru challenge from FFL, though, like the lineups we submit every week. I was in second place among the analysts with 119 points. I had Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, and I ran it back with AJ Brown, right? Like great stuff. Uh, Tank was first with 191 points. <laughs> Because he had Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, like the, like he had the whole the whole Titans deal. He also stacked up that Falcons, um, 
the Falcons Vikings game. He had Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and ran it back with Justin Jefferson. Like he did the full onslaught in both of these games. Like just pretty much focused on two games because he also had Alexander Madison. Like he had Madison. I was going to say the how good was the Yahoo pricing on Madison? I called it a free square, and who the jokes on me because yeah, yeah, it's actually pricing. But like he had Madison in his lineup and still scored 191 points. Like easily took home first place in that contest. (laughs) unbelievable uh like so sometimes when you just stack those like one or two games up that's really how you can uh you can deliver the big uh hit for for fantasy um all right so that was who got shelled a little extended version there that was who got shelled i hope we don't get shelled by making those picks and giving those lineup advices and once again we want to give a shout out to our friends planters for that segment stay satisfied with planters all right dalton what do you got coming up this week, man? That was a fun show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, just talking, uh, what are we on? Week seven lines with Pianowski, and I got my sit-start column coming up Friday. Awesome. Well, we'll find out how many running backs uh, Dalton would play over David Montgomery. Yeah, maybe that can be like in this year of just a- awful running backs, like some complete jokers at the position. We can start calling it like the Montgomery median. Like anybody below like this, it. you probably don't want to play. Anybody above this, you're, you're definitely playing. All right. I like it. While you're waiting for Dalton's start sitcoms, you can check out all the other podcast offerings we have here at Yahoo Sports. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler and the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our friend Pat Forty from SI. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at Dalton Del Don. One more thanks to planters tomorrow dalton as you mentioned you'll be back with scott to preview the week seven betting lines but until then we are out i'm mike lizikoff chief investigative correspondent for yahoo news and i'm dan clydman editor-in-chief of yahoo news we're the hosts of skullduggery where our current focus is on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus as well as the 2020 elections subscribe and download skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts